Hi, my name's Taylor Chapman, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Let's actually jump right on in there, and let's see what God has in store for you with today's message. Now, as citizens of the kingdom, you have access to everything that heaven has made available to you. A few weeks ago, we did in a, a third of an entire message on this one word called culture. Uh, we concluded that culture is what defines who you are. Culture is what shapes your decisions. Culture is what shapes your questions. Sh- uh, culture is what shapes your thoughts. Culture is the unique process we use that shapes us into our personal destiny. Wow, we started off heavy and they're already like, wow, okay, let me say it again. Culture is the unique process we use that shapes us into our personal destiny. When it comes to your culture, the culture of how you live your life will put boundaries on your life. There may be a great opportunity at a business meeting that will expand your business, but if the business meeting doesn't line up with your culture, your presence is not required in that meeting because you will not get what you need to get because your culture did not define the God inside of you. You allowed the culture to define the work side of you and God can't do what he needs to do when you're dependent upon the work side to do what God said he was going to do. So you've got to say, I've got to let the culture that God has put upon me be the deciding factor of where I go, what I do, how I do it, and everything else concerning everything about my life. Do you understand? When we look at the kingdom of God, there is a culture that is much different than what we see here on earth. We live in a day... And correct me if I'm wrong, which if you do, you're wrong. Everyone thinks their opinion matters, including you, including me. We have an opinion, and if you go on social media, you can learn just for a fact how everyone thinks that their opinion is the highest of opinion and that their opinion matters more than Jake's opinion, and probably so. Everyone in here probably, no, I'm just kidding, Jake, but, but everyone has an opinion, and what happens is if everyone has an opinion and everyone thinks their opinion is right, somebody has to be wrong. Hmm. We live in a culture, for me to disagree with your opinion is to bring in hatred, is to bring in bitterness, is to bring in torn apart relationships. I've literally been in homes and they've said, I've lost friends' uh, relationship with my sibling over politics. Shut the door. You got to be kidding me. Your opinion of something that doesn't matter in the kingdom of God caused you to have a relationship that's torn? That shows you how smart your opinions really are. I'm being facetious if you don't understand that. Okay. (laughs) What has happened? A culture shifted, and now that culture has been accepted. Just as there is a culture on earth, there is a kingdom culture. The, uh, The kingdom culture is the only culture that I want to live my life under. So what is the kingdom culture? Let's look in your outline and fill out our first blank. It will be on the screen in front of you. The culture of heaven is one word. It is honor. The culture of heaven is honor. And I need you to follow me. We're going to plow through these first few blanks, and then we're going to read a lot of Bible today. But uh, the second one, the, you've, you've got to just, uh, this won't make sense as I say it. It will make sense as we progress. The Bible in your notes, is the seed for new territory. Every one of you in here and those joining online, we thank you. When we get the word planted in us, you have a seed that then you can take and go gain new ground. 
you ever looked at the Bible that way? That's pretty good, huh? So the Bible is the seed for new territory. Once the Bible is planted in you, there is territory that you can now access because the seed of the word is planted inside of you. Are you following me now? Okay, number two, listening is the seed for learning. If you want to learn something, you've got to listen. It may be listening to a friend, listening to a loved one, listening to the word, listening to the Holy Spirit. There is, you have to uh, listen. Number three, knowledge is the seed for change. You can't change unless you know something. You cannot change without learning something new. Have you ever heard someone say, tomorrow's going to be different for me, but yet when they wake up tomorrow, it's no different than it was yesterday because they didn't listen to what they did today and they didn't learn what they needed to do today and they didn't apply what they needed to learn and so tomorrow will be no different than it was yesterday. Your next year will be no different than it was yesterday if you don't apply what you learn and listen to. Okay. Alrighty. You cannot live above what you know. You rise to the level of your revelation, and what you do not know, you cannot access. In your outline, honor, you can guess the first blank, is the seed. I just wanted you to write it down because I like the word. I wanted to get it planted into you, Josh. Honor is the seed for access. You cannot access what you do not honor. Whatever you honor, you have the ability to access, and from that access, then you can receive what God wants you to receive. (laughs) I want to show you a story in the Old Testament where dishonor took place. This is an amazing story. Um, It's in Numbers chapter 12. You have Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. Anybody ever heard of those three? They're siblings. Miriam, Aaron and Moses. For you moms, uh, study, study their mom. Uh, her name was Jacobed. Is that how you say it? For my Jacobed. Study her. Here's why you need to study her. She had three kids. One of them was the first worship leader. One of them was a priest and prophet. And Aaron was the first high priest. To have three kids to be the first worship leader, the first high priest, and then you have Moses. She must have had something in her home that she was doing right. Might be somebody worth studying for you moms. So the Bible says that Moses was elevated above his siblings. He had two biological siblings, and Moses was the youngest of the three. Moses decided to marry, a, a, they call her an Ethiopian or a Cushite girl is what they referred to her as because her skin color was different than what theirs was. His siblings didn't think that that was a good idea. They started murmuring about Moses' wife, Zephora. Are you following where I'm at yet? Okay. Let's look in our outline, and we're going to read a good portion, but let's see what happens when dishonor took place. Adrian, you got a lot of reading to do. Just read uh, verse 1 through 3 first. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman who he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. The Lord heard what they were saying. Mm -hmm. Verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek, humble, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. 
the Bible says that Moses was the most meek or humble man on earth. And look at what God said. The Lord heard their murmuring about Moses. Let's modernize this scenario a little bit. People start attending a church and they don't like this or like that. And what do they start doing? Gossiping. Murmuring. You're going to find out what happened. And you may, you may want to think twice about the next time you have an opinion. They start murmuring about something that they don't like. They can't agree on what is the issue. And, and here's what really happens. When you have an opinion about something, you now state your opinion as the standard. This is exactly what Aaron and Miriam Aaron and Miriam did. They they set what they thought was right, not how God was leading Moses. They came and said, "Moses, why are you marrying this girl who's of different skin color?" They started murmuring about that. You may be at church and have a different opinion about something and you talk bad about somebody or you may be at, at work and your boss does something and you go away thinking, oh my goodness, my boss is such a jerk. Oh my goodness, my boss is terrible. Is that murmuring? Just making sure we're all on the same page here because here in a second, you're going to be like, oh, Okay. So here's what happens. Once you cultivate a spirit, we're going to call it dishonor. Once you cultivate a spirit of dishonor, you stop your ability to receive the fullness of what God has for you and everyone else that is supposed to speak into your life. I'm going to make that make sense. I have an old acquaintance that I, have, I haven't actually talked to in a while, but um, he's the guy who when he walks in the room, he's the smartest guy in the room. Anybody have those friends? Um, no matter what you say or do, he's got an opinion about it, and you may have a good opinion, but his opinion's better. At least he thinks so. Anybody have friends like that? Yeah, I can think of this one person specifically. You can tell by how he responds to your conversations. You're talking to Levi, and he's already thinking about his response before Levi gets done with his conversation. He values his opinion more than what's being said. Anybody? Am I the only one? Okay. All right. Just just making sure. I'm not talking about you, Levi, but you get what I'm saying. Um, You know what's happening in his life? Nothing. Nothing's happening. God can't use him. Because he has built a spirit of dishonor, and he says, God, use me. I want to be used by you. God, I'm your vessel. I'm your child. But he's living with a spirit of dishonor, so he sits at home and does nothing. Okay. When you're not a person of honor, you are not a person of humility. God looks for the humble, according to 1 Peter. But let's look at what happens next to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Recap the story. Miriam and Aaron are gossiping about Moses because he married a girl who has a different skin color, and God says, I heard the murmuring. Let's look at verse 4 because this is where it starts getting good. Go for it. Verse 4. 
And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. <laughs> Using trouble. Oh. <laughs> Anybody know that feeling? Your parents look at you and you're like, oh, here it comes. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. And the three of them came out, and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron, Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. <laughs> when God calls you forward, you know you's in for it. <laughs> Whenever your parents use your full name, Jordan Taylor Chapman, you just know, just walk over, you're going to get yourself in trouble. It just, it's going to happen, and that's what happened here. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, there's, there's a thing here that you need to understand. In the Old Testament, God was behind the veil in the Holy of Holies in their tabernacle. God wasn't just showing up in random places just for kicks and giggles. Whenever a spirit of dishonor came in the camp, God did something he had never done before. He came out from behind the veil to address the spirit of dishonor. Wow. When you gossip, when you dishonor, when you carry a bad attitude, that was reason enough for God to come out from behind the veil of where he only allowed the priest, the high priest, to come in one time a year to offer a sacrifice because of his presence was so holy. Whenever you begin to murmur, whenever you begin to gossip, it caused the most holy God to who did not come out behind the veil to come out and say, catch me outside. I got a word for you. Let's see what happens next in verses 6 through 8. And the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. Hmm. I speak to him face to face, face, to face. clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? How I translate that, God says, who do you think I am? I talk to everyone in dreams and visions, but Moses, Moses, I talk to face to face. Why are you speaking against my child? If you can recall back to the story, Moses had just freed all of these Israelites from bondage of Egyptian slavery. It was Moses who got them through the waters. It was Moses who brought food in. It was Moses who used his stick and hit a rock and water came. It was Moses that God used to set them free and yet you have his siblings talking trash, murmuring about Moses who has become in the natural their rescuer. The one who the Bible says that their garments did not tear for 40 years. Think about that. We have kids, their kids' feet grow for 40 years. They didn't have to buy new shoes. God supernaturally extended their, have you ever thought about that? Their bellies got fatter, Josh. You know, we get older we get, the more we eat. Their bellies got fatter and their garments grew. They had custom tailor fitted garments for 40 years. And this is the Moses who helped make all that possible and they're sitting there talking about bad about Moses' wife because she married somebody of a different skin color? Come on! That's re 
ridiculous. Let's keep reading. It's, this is the part you guys are going to be like, oh, snap. He went off the hook. Okay, go for it. Verses 9, 9 through 12. The Lord was very angry with them, and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow. (laughs) The very thing that they were attacking her for, her skin color, what did God do to her skin? Discolored her skin. (laughs) Okay, keep reading. This is getting good. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin we have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. The Bible said that they had a problem with Moses marrying a lady that was a different skin color. And then God said, look at this. I'm going to put leprosy on your life to change the skin color of what you have a problem with. Does anybody know what leprosy does or is? Okay, the words that you speak will come against you if they're words of dishonor. The words that you speak will come against you if they are words of dishonor. They spoke dishonorable words about the skin color of Moses' wife, and God went back and said, now look at your skin color. They spoke words of dishonor, and the words they spoke came back to them. Maybe you ought to check yourself on what we're saying. But Moses being the meekest, Moses being the the most humble in verse 13 says, God, please heal my sister. I think that's better than what a lot of you all would do. Some of us as siblings would be like, eat that. (laughs) Deal with that. That's my God. How many of you, if something happened, your your sister talks bad about you, you say, no, no, Lord, let's bless her. No. Uh-uh. You, I don't want her to be blessed. I don't want her to be blessed. Why does that guy over there have more money than me? I don't want them to be blessed. Why is their job better over there? I don't have that fancy title. How come my brother, I'll, I'll use your family, you got three siblings. Two siblings, how many? Two siblings, you're three total. If Terrence went and said, hey sis, why are you a doctor and I'm just an electrician? Murmuring. What's your other brother? What? He married the doctor. Well, he married up. He got out of the Doni name. (laughs) But if you speak against a family member, if there was jealousy in the camp and he spoke against him, that was enough for God to come back from the Holy of Holies and says, no, 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 you're not about to go down this road because whatever you speak will come back at you. So you got to be careful what you speak. Let's look at verses 12 through 14. I told you we're going to read a whole lot, but this is going to wrap this up, and you're going to be like, oh, okay. Verse 12 through 14. The Lord replied to Moses, if her father had spit in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until she was brought back. Look at that. When they talk bad about Moses, God likens it to an insult of getting spit in the face. 
God said, I just decided to give her leprosy. But here's the thing about leprosy. Leprosy brings isolation. You didn't have to tell people that you had leprosy. They could see it on your person. Uh, There's a principle here about the kingdom that I want to teach you that I need you to understand. If a person has a spirit of dishonor, you are supposed to treat them like a leopard. What do you do to a leopard? You separate them until the leprosy's gone. I'm just reading the Bible. If a person carries a spirit of dishonor, God removed them from the camp so that dishonor would not get on the other people. <laughs> Leprosy is contagious. Dishonor is contagious. It's real easy for me and Richard to start talking bad about something. If Richard starts talking bad about it, what am I going to do? I'm going to jump on the train and start talking bad too. Dishonor is contagious. Leprosy infects the nerve endings where you can't feel things. When you live with dishonor, you lose your ability to feel the presence of God. Uh Uh-oh. I just kind of got real, Lindsay. Some of you come to a place and you say, I don't feel God's presence. I come to church and why is that guy up there on that guitar crying? He's got some sort of issue or something? Why is that? Why does he get down there and get all excited about the Spirit of God moving? I don't get excited. I don't feel anything. Could it be there's a spirit of dishonor in your life that is stopping the feelers from giving you access to what you need to have access to? <laughs> My mom told me to smile. I'm trying to smile more. I don't mean to smile at your all. It's like, ha, ah, gotcha. But, okay. There are people in your life that did you wrong. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what they did. And what they did probably was not right, but guess what? The job is to get you well, not them. I don't care how bad they treated you. I don't care how bad it was. That is not the objective. The objective is honor. And if you don't understand it, I'm going to show you something in the Bible here in a second. When you live with the spirit of dishonor, you stop the kingdom from having full access on your life. (laughs) There's a story in the Bible about a man named Joseph. Anybody heard about Joseph? Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. Joseph... was Joseph had a bunch of brothers and they got jealous of Joseph and Joseph's brothers threw him in a pit then they took him out of the pit then they threw him over to slavery and they sold him as a slave they came back and told his dad that he had died anybody had anything that bad happen to you not because you're sitting here with me right now so nothing has gone bad as what Joseph went through so no matter how bad the situation was you never had your family sell you into slavery because back then that means you were pretty much dead and they didn't care about you so we have Joseph who has gone through this situation he was sold into slavery but here's the thing about Joseph he never let dishonor get into his heart and the Bible tells us later that Joseph began to follow what God had put upon his life and Joseph became the savior of his brother's family and the entire tribe because he never let dishonor get into his heart the Bible says during the famine he used his produce his uh, harvest his seed to go and feed and take care of his family is that honor or dishonor 
Honor. You cannot allow dishonor to get into your heart because once you allow dishonor to get into your heart, it stops you from being able to do what God has called you to do. So Joseph carried a spirit of honor and did not let the people around his life get him off track. Okay, now let's fast forward to the New Testament. Do I always talk with my right hand? It's like I need a whip. <laughs> not on the first two rows? Okay. Sorry, you're going to be gone. Or When we look at the book of Mark, it's in your notes. We're going to get to it in a second. But here in Mark, right, right before Mark chapter 6, Jesus is kicking tail. He just raised a girl from the dead, and um, that's pretty impressive. Miracles are flowing. Uh, he actually emptied out the hospital because the Bible says that Jesus went into the town and every single one got healed. That's a prayer for this church, by the way. I'm claiming that for this church, that every single person that comes in here gets healed. But what happened was that not a single person person in that town was still sick whenever Jesus left. And then a, a few verses later, we read in Mark chapter 6, verse 1, read the whole thing. Look in your outline, please. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Mm. He's just a carpenter. Murmuring. The son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Ooh. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Listen to verse five. This is key. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. They looked at Jesus and said, that is just the carpenter's son. He's not special. He built the benches that we sit on in our lunchroom and in our kitchen and all our dining room. And understand, Jesus did not finally come into a town that he couldn't do anything. This had nothing to do with the ability of Jesus. This had everything to do with the people. The people would not honor him, and because they would not honor him, he could not perform miracles in that place. <laughs> It, this had nothing to do with Jesus' ability. Jesus was anointed. Let me bring that a little closer to home, and I'm going to keep on carrying on with it. If you don't honor your pastor, your pastor cannot feed into your life. If you don't honor your spouse, your spouse cannot feed into your life. If you don't honor your children, your children will not do what you say to do. And if you have kids, your kids better honor you as their parents because you can take them out of this world just as easy as you can brought them into this world. But if there's a spirit of dishonor upon their life, it stops them from being able to listen and have access to what you have to be able to provide for them. God, that's so much better than you think it is. If you don't honor your boss, you will soon find out what it's like not to have boss. So Jesus went into his, home, his own, let me start that over. Jesus went into his own hometown and he could not do any mighty works. Jesus did not lose his anointing. The people did not receive from him based on their perception of who he was. Dishonor. 
<laughs> I got to smile more. Let me clarify something for some of you that this might be an issue. You are not the standard for the body of Christ. Aaron and Miriam were not the standard for what God had told Moses to do. You come in here and try to tell people what to do, your opinion on how things, you are not the standard for what God is calling this church to look like. I am not the standard for what your marriage is supposed to look like. I can speak the word into it, and as long as what I'm saying lines up with the word of God, I am not the standard for your marriage. I am just a sinner saved by grace. No, I'm not a sinner. I'm the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Whoever you honor, you receive from. Whoever you dishonor, you close the door for the opportunity in your life to gain access to that person. There, are, there, there has been meetings in this town that I have been a part of that had people in the meeting of great influence, and because I did not dishonor them, I was invited back to the meeting. And when I'm invited back to the meeting, that gives me influence. If I would speak against them as people, and I'll just go ahead and say it, our mayor or past mayors sitting in a meeting, I will not dishonor them as people. I may not agree with the agenda. I may not agree with how they do things. I will speak against the agenda, but I will not speak against them as people because I will not dishonor them in the position that they are in. Do you understand me? So what happens is whenever I honor them in their position, who gets invited back to be in the next room? The person who honored them because now I have been given access to what they have and now I can influence a godly influence in an ungodly world. So you get yourself on this high horse of saying, I don't want to be, there's people so bad, I just can't believe these people do this and do this. You've lost honor and you no longer have the ability to minister to that person and that person will no longer be able to receive from you. Ooh, we're going to take that one for a run. Let's look at Matthew 10, 41. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Notice he put the condition on you, not the prophet. If you will receive them. The if is on you, not them. If you see them correctly, then the reward that is upon their life has the ability to bless you. The next part of the verse says, If you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you will receive a righteous man's reward. In other words, if I receive you as God's vessel and you bring some type of word or encouragement and if I will acknowledge and honor you as that vessel, the anointing, the word, the encouragement that is on your life will begin to bless me and I will receive the reward that God has called me to receive from you. If you think you're all that, guess what? You're not. Welcome to church. Aren't you so glad you came? If you have no honor in your life, therefore you can receive nothing. And listen to me, without you walking in honor, no one will be able to receive from you. How many miracles have you missed because you thought you knew something more than the person who is there offering the miracle? On the flip side, how many miracles have you missed because they couldn't receive you because you've showed dishonor? There's weight behind that one. If in your circle of influence, if your, if your sphere of influence, your friends, if you have shown them dishonor, will they listen to you? Mm -mm. So now can you minister to them? 
Can you be the hands and feet of Christ? Oh, I'm but a holy person. I went to church. But you dishonored them. And dishonor brought God from behind the curtain. Dishonor shuts down what God wants to do in your life. Dishonor shuts down what God wants to do in your life. Let me show you one more story in your notes. Honor is a heart issue. I skipped that one a while ago. Honor is a heart issue. Honor has to do with me, not them. In Genesis 9, I didn't put it in your outline, um, but it's a great story. You should go back and read. Noah, this is the story of Noah, and Noah had been in the boat with his family for like 40 days plus. It had rained for 40, and he was already in there, and after it stopped raining, he had to wait for the water to go to, so I don't know how many days he was in there, but a long time. He was in this boat. It was a big boat, but when you're in there for 40 days, anything big actually kind of gets smaller, you know? Like, oh, this hotel room is so big. You get in there, and after like day two, you're like, oh, get me out of here. Okay, same thing. You've got all these animals, all these family members, all this food, all this stuff in here. So this big boat got small. And after 40 days, 40 nights on the boat, um, and however extra long they were off of it, or they were still in there, the boat goes and settles on the mountain. They get off, and a few weeks later, a few months later, actually, because of how the story works, um, Moses, not Moses, Noah, went into his tent and got naked and drunk. And I'm assuming if you'd been with your family for 40 days, totally understand where he's coming from. (laughs) The Bible's got some funny parts to it. We're going to read it with humor because there's a story in here that's going to change your life. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jopheth. Jopheth. Is how you say it, the actual, I, don't, I used to say called Japheth, but it's Jopheth is the proper way to say it. Shem, Ham, and, or Sham, Ham, and Jopheth. Jopheth. Um, one of his sons, Ham, walked into the tent where his drunk, naked dad laid and saw him there and began to mock him, began to make fun of him went out from the tent and told his brothers, told Ham, told his sons, guess what your grandpa's doing? He's, this guy's a joke. He tried to save us here and look at They begin to murmur about Noah. The other two sons, Shem and Jophath, 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 went into the tent, but they walked in backwards. They got a blanket And they did not look at their naked, drunk dad laying there, and they put a blanket and covered him. One honored, one dishonored. Two honored, one dishonored. Noah came back and said, Shem, you will do amazing things, your entire bloodline. Jopheth, Jopheth, However you say their name, you too, and prophesize, you'll do amazing things. And they do. 
And then in verse 25 of chapter 9 of Genesis, the Bible says, Ham became cursed because he dishonored his father. The spirit of honor will elevate you, and the spirit of dishonor will decimate you. Two of his boys honored him, and their bloodline, Israel, their bloodline, Judah, came. Ham dishonors him, his bloodline, Gog and Magog, terrible, terrible people. All because in one incident, they dishonored God's chosen vessel. You are God's chosen vessel. Whenever you speak dishonor to someone, recognize the words that you say will come back to you. Are the words that you're saying receptively, do you want those words back? Don't speak something you don't want spoken over your life. I don't look at Terrence and think, that dirty dog, he did more invoices last month than I did. I can't believe he did that. I look at him and say, you keep running your race faster and harder than anyone else because I want that same word that I speak over him to come back to me, that I run my race harder and faster than anyone else. I'm not going to look at Terry and say, Terry, I'm so glad your life's a mess. I'm going to speak over Terry and say, Terry, you're all that God has called you to be. You walk in victory. Everything your hand touches is blessed. Your business thrives more than any other investment firm in America. So that way, whenever his business thrives, my business thrives. When I speak into your marriage, your marriage thrives, so my marriage thrives. I will not live defeated any longer by the words that I allow to be coming out of my mouth. Honor and dishonor. When you look at the culture of the kingdom of heaven, it's honor. We think of it in the natural. We have two policemen back here. One's in uniform, one's not. Do we honor the position that they're in? You bet. What happens, Tristan and Keaton, if I dishonor your position? I get shot. I get tased. They would tase me just for fun. Ha <laughs> we got him, sucker. Dishonor brings in a different element that was never intended. I'm not even going down that road. Do what you're supposed to do and bad things don't happen. They don't have to use dif- different measures whenever they know everything is being good. And when a cop pulls you over, don't be dumb. That's your own fault. Show honor. I don't care if they pulled you over for turning right on red and it's no big deal. Do it. You show honor. I don't care if your pastor gets up here and says a lot of stupid stuff. Show honor. It's going to happen if it hasn't already happened a bunch already. (laughs) Show honor. I'm not saying to look at me. What I'm saying is who you honor, you receive from. There's an anointing on my life that I need you all to be able to walk in that I want you to receive from so it elevates you in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your home. I look at our life. I was listening to, uh, we, were, we were with Nancy this last week, and she said something, and I was like, God, it is true. I feel like we're living this dream world. 
God, you've done so much goodness in our life, and I want all of you to be in the same place that God's put us in. And so if you speak against that, you will not be able to walk in it. You rise to the level of leadership. If we keep you down here, you're always going to be down there. But if we get you up here, you're going to start rising higher. Show honor at work. Show honor at home. If I call up Adrienne and I'm like, hey, you dirty, rotten, rotten scoundrel. Hey, why'd you do this? When I get home, it's like God came out from behind the curtain. And she's going to show me what she can do behind the curtain. <laughs> show honor. And this is the culture of this church. Let me say on record, because we're videotaping this, if you don't show honor in this church, you will not be a part of this church. Not because I think we're better than everybody else, but we want the culture of the kingdom of God because when someone comes in off the streets, I will honor them. I don't care if they haven't eaten in three days and they look and smell terrible, I will still honor them. Because here's what happens. When you dishonor the person, the person won't return. We have one objective, and that's to see Norman and the surrounding communities, and I'll tell you my vision later about how big we're gonna go this thing. I promise you, to see people's lives changed. And if you don't honor them as they walk in, you will not have the chance to speak into their life next time. If someone comes and sitting in her spot, who cares? You show dishonor by acknowledging them that and going to them and say, hey, that's my chair. Get out of the chair. Show honor. If someone comes to you and says, hey, I don't have any money. I'm broke. Get away from me. Show honor. You don't have to give them your money. You come to me. Show honor. We love people. We have a heart for people, and when you dishonor them, you stop your ability to receive what God has for you and what God has for them. God wants you to be a vessel that he can use, and if you don't show honor, he has a vessel that can't be used. Thank you for tuning in today. The most important decision you can make is making Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that because we are born into sin, there needs to be a blood sacrifice to redeem us from the curse that that sin brought us into when we were all born. God wanted to give you the opportunity to live in eternity with him. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to be that blood sacrifice for you and I. You can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose heaven, or you can choose to make this sinful world we live in your standard of living and make hell the only option. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, we want to give you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins and I repent of those sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a fully devoted disciple. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are saved. Congratulations on making that life-changing decision. Now is the next step. You need to start reading your Bible and get into a good Bible-believing church. You will find other people who've made the same decision that you just did, and you will help each other grow to become all that God has called you to be. 
if you just prayed that prayer. I want you to know that I am praying for you, that I am for you, but I need to know about it. If you would go to pathwaychurchok.com, that is pathwaychurchok, just the letters O and K, dot com, send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer, and we'll send you some free resources to help you start your journey with Christ that you just started today. Thank you again for tuning in. Congratulations once again. We'll see you next time right here.